Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. So, um, starting off, uh, I've been playing a game called Octopath Traveler that just came out. Really? Yeah. It's a game just for the Switch made by, made by Square Enix, but it's a throwback to 90s RPGs. Um, they made it with the Unreal 4 engine, okay. um, and it's beautiful, beautiful pixel graphics, but rather than being bird's eye view pixel graphics, um, it is, um... Oh gosh, what's the best way to describe this? It's it's uh, there, there's a there's a good depth to them. Mm-hmm. Like you start like let's say this uh, um, it, it's better just to see it. I mean this is a podcast, so it's gonna be harder to, to describe it. But uh, go ahead and watch some videos on it so you guys can go ahead and see uh, what it looks like. But um, it's uh, it's a it's very much. Um, like, have you played Mega Man Two and a Half D? Two point five. I don't think I have. Okay. Um, it was, uh, it's 2D graphics mm-hmm. in a 3D environment. Okay. okay. Um, so the characters are very, very, are sprite. They're very pixel, uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful pixels. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world around them is pixels as well. But rather than, again, being bird's eye view like it would be back for the SNES days, mm-hmm. um, it is forward facing. It's like kind of a side score, okay. but you would move back and forward as well uh, and right um yeah so it's a very very beautiful and i'm i don't know the terminology for it here but it's a very very beautiful game yeah. the music is great uh the characters are great uh, i'm having a blast with it um and square enix and nintendo i shouldn't actually i think it's just square enix instead of the they're the ones who are making it um mm-hmm. they apologize for the shortage it is back ordered for months because they were not expecting it to be as popular as it is. So they just recommended that people just buy the digital version uh, so they can play it if they want. All right. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I pre-ordered it, like, last year, as soon as I, as soon as I learned about the project, and I was able to get a copy of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I have to show it to you. I'll show it to you the next time uh, I bring my Switch over. So. Is, how long has it been since Square made something for Nintendo? Um, not too long. They've made... A lot of stuff for the for the 3ds. Okay. Um, like you know the Bravely Default games. No. Um, again, they're they're throwbacks to uh, old school RPGs, JRPGs, and um, and yeah, uh, they're great games for the 3ds. They actually they're a throwback to the um to the PlayStation era with hand drawn backgrounds and um. And polygon esque characters. Okay. So it's another really, really good game. And the comic systems are very similar. Um, but yeah, um, Square, Square's been supporting Nintendo for a while. I mean, not with their flagship series. Right. Um, like Kingdom Hearts and, and Final Fantasy. Uh, those games are going to be, you know, Sony exclusives. No, no, they're also on Xbox these days. Okay. Um, but they're going to be for the the main powerhouse consoles, if you will, right. or the more like interesting, interesting is not the right word, but the more like experimental things mm-hmm. are going to be on the Nintendo systems. Okay. Um, I do believe they're planning on releasing um, Dragon Quest Eleven 
on the Switch, wow. which is huge. As we, as I've mentioned before in the show, Dragon Quest is a huge franchise in Japan. Uh, it's already been released on the uh, PS4 in Japan. Mm-hmm. There's no word on when it's going to be arriving on the Switch, but Dragon Quest Eleven has a release date here for the States, I believe, in it's in September or October. I don't remember. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to start off with that because that's been on my mind and I wanted to share it because I love that game. Great. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's back-ordered. That's how popular it is right now. So many people wanted to play this game. And, yeah, people just weren't able to get their hands on it. Okay. Um, in other news this week, actually, I think it was released on Monday, um, Nathan Fillion starred in the fan film of the little-known franchise of Uncharted, where he played the role of Nathan Drake. Um, too much of a stretch. People have been wanting to play Nathan Drake for years, and while they're while they have been working on an Uncharted movie for a long time, um, it seems to be just caught in that development hell cycle where things never really seem to progress. Right. Um, so a fan somehow got Nathan Fillion to I, have, I haven't heard the story. I'm sure I can look it up online, but um, got him to star as Nathan Drake in this little you know 15 minute fan film, and it's loads of fun. Uh, I shared it with you. What, what were your yeah. thoughts? I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet? I haven't watched it. I haven't had time to watch it yet. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, watch it when you get the chance. Okay. So you will love it. You will okay. love it. Um, yeah, so what else do we, do we want to talk about? Uh, what, we, uh, one other thing that uh, came across my newsfeed today... Um, now, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. but uh, now it's official. The Trogdor the board game has dropped on uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. They've officially launched their campaign. They did a big marketing push to let people know that it was coming before they launched the campaign, mm-hmm. which is smart. Kickstarter has a 30-day limit, and if you don't meet your goal by the end of the 30 days, you don't you get, get any money. Mm-hmm. You get nothing. But... Um, I'm sitting over here looking at a screen that's telling me, as of this moment, they've already reached 512% of their funding goal. And they have 27 days to go. I'd like to think a large part of that was me. (laughs) (laughs) No, not not in the slightest. Uh, I have backed it. I'm very much looking forward to getting this game and playing it when it comes out. Um, it looks like there are 6,224 backers so far who have donated a total of $384,142 at the time of the recording. And what was their original goal? 75000 Yeah, yeah. See, I think that's just a testament to how much people love, you know, Homestar Runner. Oh, it, this is definitely the age of nostalgia. So if you yeah. made it big... Ten years ago, mm-hmm. you can capitalize on that mm-hmm. right now. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of it for the things we wanted to discuss, our little news, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anything else we want to talk about before we go to three episodes in? Uh, nothing comes to mind. All right, well, let's get to it. Three episodes in. Uh, this week, we watched Cromarty High School. And I have to tell our listeners that uh, we cheated a bit, and we did six episodes in. Yeah, why did we do that? We did that, as I was about about to say, but that's fine. Um, As I was about to say, their episodes were only 12 minutes long, and that's including the opening credits and the closing credits. Yeah. So... So they're just brief snippets. They're... 15 minutes of airtime mm-hmm. on a given channel. Yeah, it's it's nothing. It's 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 super short. 
Um, so in order to get enough contact, content that we usually have for our three episodes in, we doubled it for this and watched six episodes. Yeah. Um, and let me go ahead and just read the synopsis again. Uh, is this the real life? Again, real fast, the synopsis is from Crunchyroll. Uh-huh. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? The only thing for certain is that for Kamiyama, Cromartie High School is his reality. And what a surreal reality it is. Because where the toughest, meanest, and often dumbest students are sent to do time. At Cromartie, purple mohawk bruisers and pencil chomping street thugs are just a part of everyday life. And so is a 400-pound gorilla. It's true. And I just want to go ahead and start with this. Okay? I love slice-of-life comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay? We've talked about this before. So when we were talking about um, the, daily life of, the daily life of high school boys. Right. Um, I love it. I, especially when it's just got that absurd humor to it, where it just feels so out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, life with a just fun twist to it. I love that stuff. Um, that being said, we, we, we did watch all of The Daily Life of High School Boys, and it's a very fun show. Um, but it's nowhere near as fun, I feel, as, say, Lucky Stars or Ozumanga Dayo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could have gotten that good if it was allowed to, you know, explore a bit more, go deeper with the characters. Right. But again, it's based off of what was given to them from the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I've watched, watched a lot of slice of life comedies over my time, and I just kept wondering to myself, you know, maybe there's just something about an all boy version that's just nowhere near as good as the all girl versions, you mm-hmm. know. Um, will we ever get a show that's all boys, or is there a show out there that's an all boys slice of life comedy that's just as good as Ozumanga Dayo um, or Lucky Stars? This is that show. <laughs> okay, Cromartie High School is a masterpiece. For the six episodes I've watched so far, I had to pause it so many times, and sometimes I even had to rewind because I didn't catch what they said. Uh, because I was just laughing so hard. But this show is a masterpiece. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and start with that. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So the show starts. We are introduced to our main character. And they're about to say why he's going to a uh, a uh, high school for delinquents. Yeah. When... He's a good guy. He's a real good guy. He's a smart student. He's, he's hardworking. He only made one mistake in his life. And that one mistake was apparently so bad, they sent him to a high school for delinquents. And what was that event? They won't tell us. They won't tell us. It's in the manga. Go read it. That's exactly what they say in the show twice in the first episode. It's, they say, yeah, like, do you want to know the backstory? Go read the manga. Or, unfortunately, we can't go into this because it's already in the manga. So, really? Really? Just right off the bat, nope, this is, if you want the backstory, read the manga. We're going to get right into it. And they just keep going. And right off the bat, he drops his pencil. Yes, he does. And he's about to lean down to pick it up, but one of the thugs in the school, and it's a school of thugs, and a lot of the characters, they don't bother naming them. No. They just say thug, or another thug, or, you know, something like that. Um, And one of the thugs sitting in front of him leans down and grabs the pencil and eats it right in front of him to show his strength and show his dominance to him. And he's just like, and the main character's name, let me go ahead and pull it up here real fast, it is... Kamiyama Takashi. Yes. Um, and he just looks at this guy and thinks, wow, he just ate that entire pencil. 
And so he pulls out a case and dumps probably about 50 pencils onto the table. And the guy in front of him is just like, oh, crap. <laughs> and then he just picks them all up and in one bite just <sighs> shoves them all into his mouth and starts eating them. It's true. And he's just like, oh, that's incredible. He ate all of them. But then in the background, you see him. Like, you don't actually see it happen, but you, you see him and you hear the sound effect of him puking up the pencils. And you hear the clattering of the pencils as they're coming out of his mouth and hitting the ground. He's like, oh, it's so bad. It's so good. And that's just, that's two awesome gags right in just the first few minutes of the first episode. Just letting you know, just setting the pace right away of what kind of a ride this show is going to be. And six episodes in, they don't change that pace at all. They just no. keep throwing it at you. It keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. Um, they okay. So the next thing I, that uh, the next gag that I remember from the sequence of uh-huh. watched is he knows that he needs to fit in better in this school full of thugs. So he's mm-hmm. reading this book on how to how to make a good impression as a delinquent. Yeah, how to make your debut in high school. As a delinquent high school. And it says, first you may want to think about bleaching your hair. Be careful, the chemicals are too, the chemicals are too strong, your hair will go white. And he, 20, he, 20 minutes later, he's got white hair. He makes the mistake of reading the steps step by step and then acting on the steps step by step yes, rather than reading them all through. So it says, you know, um, newbies at this may want to bleach their hair. And like he says, okay. And then as 20, reads, minutes, 20 minutes later, it says 20 minutes later, and then he reads it again and says, be careful. If the chemicals are too strong, it may turn your hair white. And it cuts to him and he's like, crap, because his hair is solid white. Yes. <laughs> Something else you may want to do is shave your eyebrows. Mm-hmm. His eyebrows then proceed to leave the screen. Mm-hmm. And if you actually pay attention, every single one of the nameless thugs, none of them have eyebrows. Mm. Throughout the rest of the show, the nameless thugs don't have eyebrows. It's like they all read the book. <laughs> but And then, like, and make sure you scrunch your face. And then the, do this. Make sure you walk with purpose and with power. And also make sure you do all of this before you enter high school. Yeah, there's no chance for a second. Yeah, there's no chance if you're doing this after you've entered high school. And he's just like, crap, I was too late. Why couldn't you start with that information? Oh. Yeah, so. And so, and then he gets caught up in a competition to see who is the strongest of their class. Oh, gosh. Because it's important for them to have a strong leader. Mm-hmm. And there's, they introduce a character who has a wavy purple mohawk. When I say wavy, I mean it's waving. It is yep. pointing, and it acts like a hand sometimes. Hayashida. Is the, yeah. yeah, his mohawk is probably the thing that moves the most in the show. Yeah. Um, because it's it's very, very, like the humor, it's very, very, like, not the humor, but like the animation style is very yeah. stiff. It's very, you know, dramatic poses and things like that. Yep. It's, it's something I was going to talk about later, but we're on the subject. I, one of the things I absolutely adore about this show is it's got this serious, almost Fist of the North style, yeah, North Star, Star style. style of drawing where they have these dramatic shadows all over their faces and everyone has such a serious, stern face. But it's so over-the-top silly. It's so Monty Python-esque where they take these absolutely ridiculous 
ridiculous situations and play them out as if this is just how life is. Yeah. You know, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so so they have this amazing contrast where the art style is so dramatic, but uh, the situations are just so silly. Yes. So, yeah. Now, what was the purple mohawk guy's name again? Uh, Hayashida. Hayashida suggests that our main character, Kamiyama, is the strongest of them all. And everyone's like, what are you thinking? Why would you think that? Well, if you saw a rabbit among the den of lions, and the rabbit was fine, what would you think about that rabbit? That rabbit's got to be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that rabbit's got to be pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, he's right. <laughs> well, and the, I also, they introduced one of the characters in this little arc, and he's a recurring character that they actually bothered to name by the name of Maeda. Uh, he's the blonde guy. Yeah. And everyone's talking about their nicknames, like I was the volcano of middle school two, or I was the, you know, whatever, I was the tornado of middle school two. And so it's like, and I was this of middle school. I was destroyer. And I was this. It's like, that's a terrible nickname. And then it's like, oh, and they're talking about how, you know, they beat up so many kids that they were called this. And Maya's just like, yeah, I beat up six kids and all these other stuff. And they're like, man, that's incredible. You must have an amazing nickname. What were you called? And he's just like, I didn't have a nickname. And they all instantly brush him off. Because if he didn't have a nickname, then he probably wasn't important at all. No. <laughs> Even though he's the guy who's probably the strongest in the class. They just brush him off. It's like... But if you take a look at him, he's the one who's bleached blonde. Mm-hmm. Bleached blonde and no eyebrows. He followed the rules of the book. A lot of the other kids did too. But yeah. <laughs> but, he's, he, but he's the blonde mm-hmm. one. Uh, other ones, they all have dark hair or slightly lighter hair or shaved bald. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that's actually blonde. Mm-hmm. So he did the bleaching right. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, this show. Okay, so, and then after they establish that he's the strongest amongst them. Yes, now they do this by some competition of having an open flame on a candle on the... Yeah, on their yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the back. Yeah, they, they try to they do this competition. It's, it's some weird candle thing that they put on their back that's just burning them and stuff. And eventually nobody can take it except for him. He stands up and starts dancing because of his victory. And some of the tougher kids from around school came around and just like... Really? This 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 is the toughest guy. His candle <laughs> fell on top of one of the other losers. His candle fell on top of one of the losers and started burning him even more. <laughs> but after that, they also introduced the toughest kids from two of the other classes, and they yes. go and they introduce them. And one of the toughest kids is a gorilla, yeah. an actual four hundred pound gorilla. And then one of the best running gags that they have in the show. Um, and that's, that's high praise because this show has some great gags throughout it so far. But they introduce a character, and I'll go ahead and let you talk about it because this is one of the reasons you wanted me to watch the show in the first place. So they open the door, and there's a character who's standing there, uh, probably about eight inches taller than our main character. And he's just very, he's there, stern, with a thick mustache, wearing. Red suspenders, topless otherwise, in his school uniform. Um, and a guitar riff plays. And a, guitar, and a heavy metal guitar riff plays. And, mm-hmm. and so he introduces himself, and the guy doesn't speak. Oh, this guy is tough. So he goes back to his room and says, I just met the toughest guy I've ever seen. What's his name? He wouldn't give me his name. But I decided what I'm going to call him. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? And this is this is Kamiyama, the main character. <laughs> what do you think about Floretti? And this is after several people have met him as well. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, yeah, 
I think I think I'm gonna call him Freddy. And the other guys are just like, Freddy. Yeah, I know we see that. And then, they, and there, then there is that famous shot of um, Freddie Mercury with the microphone in his white. Yeah, dra- jacket. Yeah, it's the it's the side view of the meme Faith of Humanity Restored. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's just him pointing up to the air and stuff. It's awesome. And it's like it's like yeah, this is Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it's just like and. Yeah, they're high school students, and he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah, you know? he, he's so. absolutely in his 30s. He's way too old to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I actually watched some things about Freddie Mercury earlier this week. Uh-huh. And something that he well, actually... working on the movie. They are working so. on the movie. But something he would actually do as the finale of his concert, something he would do while singing We Are the Champions in live performances... Is he'd have a guy dressed up as Darth Vader and he would ride his shoulders while singing We Are the Champions. Because if you're going to sing that song, why not? Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder if they could never get the rights to Darth Vader, but for whatever reason, he's riding a horse a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if there is a parallel between those two snippets that I happen to know about. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. I didn't find out more if Freddie Mercury had a thing, uh-huh. uh, had an equestrian side to him or not. Mm-hmm. Or... Well, but I do know he's a great joke. joke. So I'm going to call his horse. Joke. I'm going to call his horse Darth Vader from now on. Okay, sure, <laughs> works for me. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the first episode. Yeah, and that's just the first ten minutes of this show. All that stuff's already crammed into it. Yes, and then episode two starts, and episode two starts the same way episode one did. And I didn't realize this, but this is a... Uh, after episode two, I realized that this is just how the show was going to open from now on. And it's just a little PSA saying, everybody, please, these are a bunch of delinquents. If you do what they do, you will end up here. And it shows one of the main characters in jail with a bunch of cockroaches around him. <laughs> and it's just this nice little PSA of being like, don't be like these idiots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. And it goes into an open credit sequence, and we uh, get a, a glimpse at all these characters that will eventually be introduced. Well, to. they have the opening credits in the first episode as well. Of course. Yeah, but, so. And so we know that there's a lot more coming that we haven't met yet, mm-hmm. even in the first six. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, uh, and then episode two. Um, is that where they met Mekazawa? That is where they meet Mekazawa. Oh, gosh, Mekazawa. The entire episode is about Mekazawa um, and how. Our main two, our two main characters, uh, Kamiyama and the guy with the purple mohawk, mm-hmm. are peeking in on classroom two mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, you know, who the toughest of that room is. And among the classroom is this little robot, the shape of a barrel of oil yeah, he's like a barrel of oil with 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 you know pathetic robot arms and legs like a little like those little uh claw grabbers that you'd have as toys back in like the 90s yeah, yeah that's what his hands look like those little claws yeah and he also speaks with the voice of someone from i'm pretty sure it's uh well a lot of the voice actors i was placing them again once again in uh-huh. um in Gintama. Of course. so <laughs> anyways um no yeah he um Oh, one of the guys, uh, th- so they're talking, so the guys in the class are talking to him, mm-hmm. and one of them is going to say, something's been bugging me for a while, mm-hmm. and I can't keep it inside anymore. Well, and they're just like, wait a minute, does nobody notice that he's a robot at first? Yes. They're just like, they're treating him like he's this normal guy, but he's a robot. Yeah. Does no one see that he's a robot? I mean, really? What's going on here? 
<laughs> and then one of them, well, then one of the thugs just like, the thugs starts, there, there's something on my chest that I have to say, and I, every, I think everybody sees it, you probably know it, but I have to say it. And Zayna is probably going to upset you. No, it won't upset me, you're like my brother, why would that upset me, you know? Whatever you say is going to be fine. It's just, it's come to my attention that you are missing a, the middle button on your shirt. Wait, what? When? When was it gone? <laughs> and you're just like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? That, that's what he noticed? And I knew it was coming, and I actually noticed the entire scene. Yes, he was missing the button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole scene was like, I remember this. I remember this. Oh, gosh. And then, again, they start building up the exact same gag, yeah. where he starts saying, oh, yeah, we want this. I've got to thug some of his sisters and some of this bugging me this entire time. And, he, and they're like, finally, he's going to point it out. Because they can't point it out. They're not in the same class, you know? Yeah. Um, he's gonna point it out, and he's gonna, he just starts building up, and he's like, I'm, and what I, what I have to say may really, really upset you. He's like, no, don't worry about it. He's like, well, the thing is, I noticed that you have a row. He's gonna say it right on our head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not anything. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're right. My head is rather large. <laughs> oh, he's a he's an oil barrel with yellow eyes. Yes, yes. And then the, the the gag wraps up with him being kidnapped by a rival school and beaten up with a wooden stick, right, with a boken. And uh, uh, they start kicking him, and he starts saying things like, "Are you th- are you tired yet?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you guys are hitting me, and you're not even doing any any real damage to me. You guys are so weak." And it's the same two guys. It's uh, they've kind of become best friends, uh, Kamiyama and Hayashida. Yes, uh, the main character. And the purple-haired mohawk. Yes. Um, and they're like, we should help him. They're like, wait, wait, no, no, no. They may actually finally tell him that he's a robot. We have to watch this. They're like, oh, okay. And so they just watch, and he's just like, uh. And so they take... And, and, and so he starts... They start beating him and hurting him, and then he's just bad-mouthing them the whole time. And one of them goes, it's too late. I've gone off the deep end. And he pulls out a knife to stab him. And he stabs him, and then cut to... The act of what would happen if the knife actually tried to stab an oil barrel. Yeah, it shows a knife hitting an oil barrel, and the knife doesn't take it well. No, it, cr- it crinkles into a zigzag uh-huh. shape. And he makes some joke, and he says, Oh, my, stra- my, my, stra- my strawberry short knife. My strawberry short knife. It's like this pink knife. It's all bent and stuff. Like It looks like a serpentine knife from Ultima 7, yeah, where it's all just bent and twisted. Except the serpentine knife was flat, and then it would go side and side. This one, yeah. If you took a look, I was, I was I was referring to the actual pixel look where it just looked jagged. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, the like so um, yeah. So the knife is just bent and crinkled and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, this has been bothering me for some time. I have to talk. I have to say it now. I'm like, yes, finally they're gonna say it. Someone's gonna call him a robot. Do you have a heart of a normal body? <laughs> is that why we can't do so much damage to you? Because your body's so tough. Uh, it, it was just before the knife stabbing too that the the guys were thinking, "Is it just us? Are we hallucinating a robot? And he's just actually a regular guy." Uh, and then the knife goes, "Nope, that's definitely a robot." Yep, the knife bends like yeah, it's a robot. And then suddenly, the the boss of the three thugs who been beating him up enters into the warehouse area where they're doing this, uh-huh. and he comes up to him and he goes, "Wait a second, are you, are you, r my roly poly friend from middle school?" Ah, it's you! <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. 
again. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're my roller friend from, from middle school. Oh, it's you. It's been forever since I've seen you. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh, gosh. But, but it's all... They're trying so hard to point out that he's a robot and nobody's doing a thing about it. Well, they're, they're not trying. They're hoping somebody does. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's... That's kind of the, the every episode has a single joke yes. that they focus on for those ten minutes. Yes. Um, episode three is the humming. It's the humming episode. It's the humming episode, and, and it's a solid gag. It's I mean, a, you couldn't piece out bits of it to make for our yeah. list of top fit. No, 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 no. The whole episode the whole, is one of the things on our list. Yeah, the entire episode. The um, uh, they uh. Shoot, what's the, what's the best way to say this? Yeah. Um, so, one of the characters comes in humming a song. And, but he doesn't it's, know what it is. It's, um, what, what happens is... Uh, it's Hayashida. Hayashida's in the bathroom, and he overhears Makazawa humming something. Mm-hmm. And it gets stuck in his head. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeds to try to hum it to somebody else. And he goes, oh, I think I know that song. And he ends up humming a different part of the song. Uh-huh. But... They don't agree that it's the same song. Mm-hmm. And so they're fighting over this. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually get everybody trying to hum it. It's like, oh, now you have a song stuck in my head that I never wanted there and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm like, thanks, go. jerk. And they just keep humming it because they're trying to figure out what it is. Yes. And it just, time passes. All these guys, they just keep humming, trying to figure out what's going on. And finally, the joke crescendos with them performing as a choir for the school yes. humming this song because it's front and center and freddie freddie is front and center <laughs> as they are humming oh my goodness <laughs> so yeah freddie is front and center humming uh well you can't really hear him but he's front and center surrounded by the, the other high school yeah, kids the entirety of their, uh, their, class. Uh, their class and they're humming and at the end of it at the end of it, um, Kamiyama, the protagonist, again just says, We still don't know what that song is, but man, it really has gotten pretty good at singing. <laughs> I, I feel we've accomplished something. I feel we've accomplished something. And then as he's humming that song again later on, he passes Mekazawa. Well, he's sitting on the bench, and Mekazawa's coming back humming the song. Oh, okay. But yeah, so anyways, they meet, and they're humming the song. He's like, You know the song. You know the song. And he's, uh, but before he can say anything, he starts humming, and Mekazawa says, Oh, that's a good song. I love it. And he says, Oh, I love it too. Crap! 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 Uh, now I can't ask him what the name of the song is because he thinks that I know, and I would look like a loser if I ask him what the name of the song is. And so the episode ends without them ever learning what the song is. Turns out it's a real song. It is a real song. It's a real song. And they, and they drop the name of the song in the episode. Mm-hmm. But I googled it just to make sure, uh, and it's a real song, and it's written by a Japanese uh, singer-songwriter Takaru Yoshida, uh-huh. or Takuro. Sorry, Takuro Yoshida. And you can find the song on YouTube where he plays it. We'll go ahead and link it um, uh-huh. on our site. Yes. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead and look it up. And he, he's got a decent... Uh, he's been writing music for a while. He's been active and since watched... 75. And he's been writing music. Or he's been active since 70, my apologies. Mm-hmm. I've watched the, uh, the video that you linked that we're going to link people to. And yes, I want to... And so shots of him are in the yeah, episode. Yeah, it's him playing his guitar. Uh, so, and people in Japan probably know who he is. Yes. You know, it's just one of those gags. But outside of America, we don't know. Or outside of Japan, we don't really know who he is. Right. 
but it'd be one of those things where, you know, if we had a whole episode where, you know, a bunch of high school kids were maybe humming something from uh, Paul McCartney. I would probably say, um, like, I would say rather Johnny Cash than Paul McCartney, because Paul McCartney is kind of international, whereas Johnny Cash is very much America. Okay. So, um, and that be, don't kill me if Johnny Cash is more international than that. I've got some friends who adore him, and I think his music is incredible as well. Sure. But when I think, you know, somebody whose guitar music that, you know, we were humming oh. Ring of Fire, you know? Sure, and, and I can see a whole bunch of high school kids wondering, I know that song. I know that song. But they don't get any lyrics, they don't get any. Uh-huh. They just have mm-hmm. a bunch of kids. Sure. Yeah, no. So it's something like that, you know? And, and, and if you were to make the show, obviously we would cut in, uh, you know, blurred images of the man in black, you know, of, of, uh, of Johnny Cash. Um, yeah, so that's that episode, and the show just keeps going. Like, we watched the three episodes, and we were just like, There's not enough here, we gotta keep going. Well, I mean, honestly, if we wanted to go in depth, we really, really could, but you know, just kind of for our format, yeah. we just kind of discussed the episodes and things that we liked about it. Um, but yeah, so this, if we stop now, it'd be a lot shorter, so we decided to go ahead and just, you know, treat ourselves to three more episodes. So, welcome to the first six episode in. Uh, of Whitaker Weekly. So, anyways, um, the next bit, I believe, is the comedian. Yes, so we're introduced to a character from a different school. Mm-hmm. And he's got a great big afro, and I think that he's referenced in the ending credits of um, The Daily Life of High School Boys. I think that's the character with the big afro in their, uh, it in might, their school play. It might be. Could be wrong, but it might be. But it's Yamaguchi is the guy's name. Yamaguchi. Mm-hmm. Well, Yamaguchi is sitting at a table. I want to say at his school that uh, they maybe that they're sitting at a large. He seems table to be. School. He seems to be the the class president uh, for them, and they they seem to be in a student council room, and they're discussing. The, the topic of discussion is defeating Cromartie High. Yes. Because Cromartie High is full of themselves, and we have to knock those guys down a peg. Yes, and so well, he's over there thinking to himself and he's not really thinking about the topic they're discussing mm-hmm. he's judging people based on their comedic abilities he loves he loves strength he loves fighting and he loves good comedy those are the three things that he loves this guy he's unintentionally hilarious if he could be intentionally hilarious he could go very far yep Yep, well, and he just, like, yeah, like, they're, they're talking about uh, Takanouchi, and at the beginning of this episode, or maybe it was episode four, they introduced Takanouchi, who we, who will, who they, they focus on, I believe, in episode five, the guy who gets sick. Yeah, the, the, car, the car sickness, because he's like, my name is Takanouchi, and I'm the strongest kid in this school. Why haven't they introduced me yet? <laughs> yes, he's just standing there in front of the bathroom. Yep. Yep, um, but, uh, and so they're talking about they have to defeat Takanouchi, uh-huh. and um, the, the gag is that, like, yeah, we gotta defeat Takanouchi, he's the strongest guy, uh, like, we're gonna defeat him, and he's like, wait, who's Takanouchi? And that's when Yamaguchi's just like, that was just, thinking to himself, that was absolutely hysterical, too bad it wasn't intentional. I mean, if he did that intentionally, he'd have this room in stitches. But right now, everyone just thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> And then, and then, so everybody's just, you know, kind of, and so he's so busy, deep in thought and focusing and furrowing his brow doing so, everybody thinks that he hates comedy. 
Because, uh, like, oh, careful, he hates comedy. Because what happens is that one of the guys makes a sexist joke. He does. And he, he makes a dirty sex joke. And he... And, talk, and um, Yamaguchi punches him in the face and knocks him down. And everyone's just like, careful, you can't make jokes around... Uh, to- um, around Yamaguchi he hates comedy and he's just thinking to himself no I love comedy I just hate sexist jokes because you guys are probably thinking that he's would think that that's funny when really he doesn't know what real comedy is he doesn't know what real comedy is and people like that resort to sex jokes because that gets an easy laugh because that gets an easy laugh and then he just goes on to the eventually like, and he goes through this entire scenario to where people may think that he's funny and he may start getting stand-up routine and try to be a comedian and do start doing stand-up routines and eventually it somehow leads to him all getting a, a special on tv and if i were to see that special on tv i would change the channel <laughs> he loves good comedy <laughs> he has very, very high standards for good comedy. Yes, he does. And eventually he comes up with a joke. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't catch it. Uh, it's probably a lot funnier in Japanese. I think it's a pun in Japanese, but I didn't quite catch it because they said it so quickly. But he's just like, no, that pun's really good. We need a joke right now. Read the atmosphere. This is the perfect, this is the perfect time for a joke. You go ahead and you know, let loose and uh, you know, get people to laugh. But if I make a joke, no one's going to take me seriously any longer. You know what? I don't care. I prefer comedy over violence, anyways. I'm gonna go ahead and sacrifice my, my sacrifice my position of their leader, and I'm gonna tell this joke. And he gets up and he starts up and he starts telling the joke, you know. Uh, and he starts off as a speech. And he gets to the point where he's gonna deliver the punchline, and the guy who told the sexist joke before stands up and finishes it and tells the punchline. <laughs> he gets punched. And again. he gets punched again. And he grabs and puts him in the headlines. So Decking him over and over again. And everyone's just like, uh, uh, Yamaguchi, he hates comedy, be careful. He doesn't hate comedy, this guy just stole his punchline. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal his thunder. <sighs> and then later on, we're at a cafe, mm-hmm. and he's reviewing, and they're, they're discussing, like, they're wondering what they're going to do, because they're close to Cromartie High School now. Does that mean they're getting ready to fight Cromartie High School? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And the leader's just like, uh, Yamaguchi's just sitting there, he's just like, and he's completely ignoring everybody once again. He's just kind of drinking his coffee or his tea or whatever it is. Um, and he, uh, and he, uh, you know, he starts talking about how he is a regular in writing jokes in to, um, yeah, he sends his postcards to, show, to radio shows, postcard pun postcards to a radio show mm-hmm. to several of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been read on the air several times, and so people like him, and he's starting to get a bit of a following. Mm-hmm. But it's not as important as his arch nemesis, a man calling himself Honey Boy. Because Honey Boy's jokes are read during the prime time, when important people are listening. It's always read, read during the climax of the show. Fun stuff like that, you know? But anyways, he, uh, as he's thinking about this, he overhears a conversation behind him in the booth right behind him talking about how this guy, I, oh, I love comedy. You know, I even, I've even been writing comedy and sending jokes into radio shows and stuff. And he's just like, wait, what? And then it turns out it's, um, let me go ahead and pull up their names again. Kamiyama. Yeah, Kamiyama and, ha- and Hayashida. Uh-huh. Um, and Kamiyama, the main character, uh, he's, and it, I love how every time we see him after we haven't seen him in a while, it always says Kamiyama. 
main character. This. <laughs> in, in case you forgot. In case you forgot, this is the main character. <laughs> um, and he just says, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, but I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't really, really like to share it, so I kind of write it in with a pen name. And, uh, and uh, Hayashida is just like, oh, well, what's your pen name? Oh, it's just something that I came up with because I love food. Uh, Honey Boy. And... <laughs> I just came to me while I was in the kitchen. Yeah, I just came to me while I was in the kitchen. And Yamaguchi hears that and he drops his coffee. And he gets so, so furrowed and so angry. And everybody's just like, wait, what's going on? Those are guys from uh, Cromarty High. Uh, wait, why is Boss so serious? Is he scared of them? Like, what's going on? And uh, he's like, okay, well, here, I'll tell you the new joke that I came up with. Um, but I want you, but I'm just going to whisper it to you so nobody else hears it, okay? Because I'm really embarrassed about it. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. And so he whispers, whispers it. And uh, Yamaguchi's just like, yes, that's it. Ha! I will steal your joke and I will send it in before before you tonight. And so he writes the joke down on a, on a card, gets up and leaves, and everybody's like, wait, why aren't we fighting? Aren't we going to fight those guys? Why did you come out here? We're leaving! And so they all leave, and he sends in a postcard, he sends in an express, so it gets there first. Uh-huh. Um, and they read it and it's terrible. It's a really, really bad joke. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how that ends. He even sent it express. Oh, well, that's sad. That's not really bad. He's pretty sad about that. But that's the end of that episode. And the next episode, we have motion sickness that we're dealing with. <laughs> we have a guy who's considered the toughest, meanest guy in all of Cromarty High. Takanouchi. Takanouchi. Sitting in the back of the bus by himself. And everybody leaves him alone because when he's in the back of the bus, he's holding his breath and he's furrowed and raging. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, he is, by sheer force of will, fighting back his motion sickness. Mm -hmm. Because he gets hyper motion sick just being in a vehicle by himself. Just being in a vehicle at all. But even so, he absolutely loves going on road trips because of the destinations he gets to go see. And he gets to go see something amazing. He gets to see... He gets to see a shrine. When he loves looking at these old buildings and shrines and stuff. Yes. He thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and uh, But he gets super motion sick. Uh, but he's so proud of himself because he has never puked on a single one of these trips. He's always kept it completely under control. Right. And then we have our idiot protagonist. Our idiot protagonist who's so happy to be doing this uh, road trip that he's bought himself a conical hat with a little pom-pom on top that he's wearing as if it were a party that they're going to. And he's he's singing the school fight song and dancing to it. And dancing to it. And then proceeds to the back of the bus glances at the bench seat and sees that almost nobody's sitting on it, thinks nobody's sitting on it, and mm. then proceeds to plop himself down right into the lap of Takauchi. Of, of and so there he is, realizing he's done something wrong. And he takes off his hat as a sign of respect for realizing he's done something wrong. But he doesn't get up. Mm-hmm. And the guy wants to tell him to get up, but he knows if he opens his mouth, he's going to puke. Mm-hmm. Which is going to completely ruin his image. Mm-hmm. And so he's not saying anything about the guy sitting in his lap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just this very, very silly, tense situation. 
uh, where uh, our main character, Kamiyama, is too stupid to realize what's going on. And the other guy is too proud to say what's going on. Yes. And so they get bumped. Uh, the road gets bumpy, and he ends up sprawled all over the guy's lap. Mm-hmm. And then to apologize, he gets up, and he says he's so sorry. And then he starts shaking him. Uh, like, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. <laughs> and then he finally notices the guy's blue in the face. And he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry, I should have noticed. I'm so terribly sorry. And Takano Uchi is just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, please, I'm glad you're thinking to himself. I'm glad you finally noticed that I'm feeling carsick and don't want to speak. So go ahead, so just leave me alone. And, but... You know, um, Kamiyama uh, doesn't re- doesn't think that he's carsick. He thinks that he's hungry, and so he offers him a pudding, a warm pudding. <laughs> and that's where that bit ends. The, 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 the bit ends with the bus having been stopped, and there's an ambulance. Uh huh. <laughs> going. So apparently, he ate a warm pudding and passed out. He ate warm pudding and passed out. That's so crazy. And but it cuts and you see the back of Kamiyama, who's put the hat back on and starts dancing because they're finally where they got to. <laughs> Completely unrepentant and unrealizing of what on earth he just did. And then during that same episode, the next bit that they go through, the bit they go through next is called Taxi One. They even titled it. And I believe there's the word taxi and one mm-hmm. in English in bubble letters. As they re- realize, oh, uh, uh, Maeda, the, uh, the blonde. The Maeda. Maeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blonde uh, guy we had been talking about earlier has been kidnapped by a rival high school. Mm-hmm. And they need to go rescue him. Mm-hmm. And so that high school is a 20-minute walk away and they take a taxi cab. From the worst they get talking to Tokyo. They get talking to Uchi again and say, We've got to go get him, and you're the strongest of them all. And he was like, Oh, those guys are a bunch of weaklings. Let's go take care of them. And they say, We got this taxi for you. Let's go ahead and go. I can just walk. It's 20 minutes away. No, no, no. Let's get the faster by this taxi. And he can't say no. Um, so they all get in the taxi and they put him in the middle of the back seat, which is the worst place to sit if you get car sick. Yeah. Um, and they. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, it just builds from there. Um, they, uh, and for some reason, Freddy's in the front seat. Yeah, we don't know why, but Freddy's in the front seat. Um, not, not the driver seat, the the passenger side seat. Um, and we and it turns out that the, uh, the taxi driver is terrible at directions. He just barely moved to Tokyo, so he doesn't really know his way around. Is it okay if we take a, a longer route? And I say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Two hours later. Two hours later, they're in the countryside. Yeah, two hours later, they still have not arrived. They're in the countryside, um, and they pull up a map, wondering how on where on earth they are. And they're like, okay, so first we have to uh, pass through the uh, Panama Canal. We gotta go through here and then hit the Panama Canal and then cross the International Daylight. This is a world atlas. This is a world atlas. Oh my goodness! And it calls it says Russia's the USSR, showing how old it still is. <laughs> Beats him with the book. Yep. And uh, Takanouchi is getting more and more sick because they're now on country roads that are all bumpy and stuff like that. 
uh, and uh, he starts attacking Freddy. Like, Freddy, stop! Freddy, stop! Stop attacking Freddy! So they're smacking Takanuchi, which, which is making him worse. Freddy then takes the atlas from them, and he points in directions and stuff. He never says anything, but he points in the directions that they, they need to go, and they finally make it back, and they finally arrive at a school, but uh, it turns out it's their own school, and they have to walk that 20 minutes anyways. And, uh... <laughs> that's divided in Taxi 1 and Taxi 2. Yes. And uh, the, the final gag of that is, after being strung up for two hours, they just left him in the uh, warehouse. I was just like, where are those guys? That's, yeah, that's the last, that's the last joke of the episode. And the next episode, we are introduced to Hokuto, who is a spoiled brat. And the, the, the son of a superintendent on the chair of multiple schools. Mm-hmm. And because of his power, he likes to get students expelled who disagree with him. Or try to stand up to him. Yes. Um, and he um, he has come to this school, and he starts trying to throw his weight around because he's like, these guys are nothing to me. And he's like, let's go ahead and meet the strong student. Let, let, let's see who the strong student in this class is. They open up the door, and, and it's, it's, Freddy. it's Freddy just staring at them. Mm. And they close the door and just like, that wasn't a student, was it? No, I don't, I don't know. And they, they start asking, just passing questions back and forth. And one of, the, one of the things is maybe he was expelled and decided just to keep coming. Oh, then I have no power over him whatsoever! You know? <laughs> and then they open up the door again and it shows the two main characters slapping Freddy on the head. Be like, Freddy, what are you doing in our chair? Get out of our chair! Dude, your guys' classroom is next door. Oh, <laughs> Freddy, isn't that funny? We got the wrong classroom. They're still smacking Freddy on the head the entire time. No reason whatsoever. And he's just like... Uh, what? Why are they smacking him on the head? You know, whatever. Let's just go to the next classroom. We'll fight the strong. We'll we'll pick on the strongest student in that classroom. Open the door and it's the gorilla. It's the gorilla. Uh huh. Just looking at it out of the corner of its eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that show's great. That oh that, yeah, that episode. Uh, but it. They, he starts trying to throw his weight around, and he's like, yeah, my dad's on the school board of multiple schools. Uh, I'll get you kicked out if you don't do what I say. This is a municipal school, or whatever. Yeah, this is a municipal school. Municipal school. There is no board of directors. There is no board of directors. And just, he's just like, what? No, how could I not know this? I spent so much time transferring here that I can't go back and change my registration. It'd be embarrassing. How do I take care of this? And so he gets embarrassed and he starts making up lies. And he's got a thug with him this entire time who's just going with him. And uh, he's just like, okay, here, here, here's the thing. My, my dad, he's actually a supervillain. He's actually a supervillain. He, he, he controls the government from behind the shadows. And I'm, I'm trying to raise an army to stop him. And his thug's just like, there's no way a great schooler would believe that. Why? And then, of course, that, you know, that means Kamiyama and... Uh, his friends are going to completely buy into it. Yes. They, which they do. They buy into it completely, hook, line, and sinker. Every single lie that Hokuto tells them mm-hmm. is just more absurd than the last, and they all believe it. <laughs> it gets to the point where he says, I can no longer... They, they, call, they come to school in new military-grade uniforms, yeah. so, calling him Captain. Yes, Dancho. Yes, Captain. And he's like, don't call me captain. I, actually, there's a... My... I gotta get out of this somehow. And like, uh, my, my dad, he, he found out about me. Trying to fight against him. And he sent an American Green Beret assassin 
after me, so I have to leave you in charge. Oh, no, Captain, you have to fight with us. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I'll, I'll let you guys do it, and I'll support you from the shadows. So, okay. And then he goes home. He goes home. And he uh, he's like, I this is ridiculous. I can't keep lying to these guys. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna come clean tomorrow. Tell them that was all a big mistake. And I'll just transfer to another school. And uh, he opens up the door, and there's everybody in his living room saying that we couldn't let you die alone. We're here to protect you. We're gonna spend every night here from now on to protect you. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. This show. Holy cow, it's now, just six episodes that we've watched. Now, there, there's a scene I was hoping would come up in the six episodes that happens later on that I really, really wanted to see. Uh-huh. What happens is, as one of those kids, their parents own a houseboat. Okay. And so they all decide to go to the houseboat without uh-huh. that kid's permission. Oh, jeez. And it's like, guys, you cannot do anything. You cannot make a mess. You cannot do anything to this houseboat. And then one of the guys goes, we should have a rumble. And he goes, I will gut you like a fish. I will gut you like a fish. <laughs> and if you've ever heard me say that expression, like when we're gaming or something like that, that's where it's from. <laughs> I've heard you say that a lot. I will gut you like a fish. Though, they did have the gag, we didn't mention it. I forget what episode it was in. It was probably episode... Yeah, I think it was close to the end of episode six. Episode six was the guitar guy. Yeah, the guitar guy's like, like yeah, there's a guitar guy playing songs. And he plays something to do with the narrative. He plays for like two seconds a couple of guitar, guitar chords. He's just like, this has nothing to do with the narrative! And just turns his guitar into the air. He's like, okay. I guess I had a couple of seconds to fill. I guess so. Gosh, this show. Oh my goodness. I can see why... It's as, it's not very well known amongst the anime community, but the people who know it love it. It's so true. So it's so true. Ah, uh, I can't recommend this show enough. Oh man, it's short. The episodes are super short, so you can just watch like even on a lunch break at work, you can get three episodes in. You know, um, watch it seriously. I can't recommend this show enough. If you're in the mood for a comedy, something that's just absurd and out there. Just watch this show. This show is scratching an itch that I did not realize needed to be scratched. So. And, uh, yeah, back to that houseboat. Uh, not only is he uh, carsick, uh-huh. he gets seasick easily. Oh, too. gosh. And so, the, and so they're rocking the houseboat and he's. Wow. I can't remember which episode it is, but we're definitely going to continue watching this oh, show. Oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to keep watching this show. <laughs> Holy crap, this show is gold. Like I said when we started watching it, you know, um, I, I wanted a show that... I mean, this show is not in the same vein as Osmanga Dayo right. and, um, and, uh, and Lucky Stars, because those shows, while they're very, very silly, they're mostly grounded Yes. In reality. Yes, they Okay? Are. This show is not. Not even close. Not even close. That being said, I, this, to me, mostly because an all-boy slice of life thing yeah. would be absurd. That's just how boys are when they get together, especially teenage boys. They do crazy, dumb things. The, the, the basic punchline that you have to understand is every last one of those delinquents is so obsessed with image that none of them is revealing who they really are. Not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you get to know each and every one of them and their dirty secrets. And it's just funnier and funnier as they put up with each other's crap. <laughs> yeah, but no, like, 
this show is not grounded in that reality. It's very, very absurd. But, and like I was saying, that's what Teenage Boys do. When Teenage mm-hmm. Boys get together, they just do absurd, stupid things. It's so, true. this channels that absurdity that Teenage Boys do beautifully. Um, so, while the slice of life anime that we get from for, for the girls uh-huh. is very, very, extremely well made, very funny... Very delightful, um, adorable at times. I mean, Chi-Chan is still one of the most adorable things in the universe. That's true. Um, one of these days, I'm going to finish those shows. You haven't finished those shows? I have not watched all of Azuma Kadayo or Lucky Star. Wow. Lucky Star is on my list of things to watch with my youngest once we finish Sakura. Okay. Okay. So... All right, well, yeah, I mean, final thoughts on the show before we wrap up on it? Uh, it's, it, I, I don't know what more can be said that hasn't already been said. It's, yeah. It's fantastic. Highly recommended for mm-hmm. both of us. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. Seriously, it's amazing. All right, uh, what are we going to watch next week? Well, something we discussed watching and something we're going to watch in the near future is Cells at Work. Yes, we're going to watch that in the near future, but they don't have three episodes out yet. That's why we can't recommend it for next mm-hmm. week, because we've only got the two episodes so far. Watch it, though. It's real good. <laughs> um, in the meantime, uh, something I've heard a lot about, but I haven't actually watched any of, so I picked this one for uh, three episodes in. Next okay. week, I want to review Sound Euphonium. Okay. Uh, Crunchyroll has the following um, synopsis. It reads, Spring... In the first year of high school, Kumiko, a member of the brass band in junior high school, visits the high school brass band club with classmates Hazuki and Sapphire. There she comes across Rina, her former classmate from junior high. Hazuki and Sapphire decide to join the club, but Kumiko can't make up her mind. She recollects the experience with Rina at a competition in junior high school. Now, we've watched music-based anime before. We've watched uh, Kids on the Slope. Yeah. Which was a fantastic jazz Oh, it's so good. Piece. And so, um, I wanted to see uh, how well they did with this. Okay. Um, uh, just something that came to mind a moment ago is, um, you can really tell shows where they have somebody who's passionate about music involved in the animation uh-huh. when what they play is actually what you see. Mm-hmm. When Disney first started, they had nine animators in a uh, studio working on feature films. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a concert-level pianist as mm-hmm. well. And so whenever they had a piano scene mm-hmm. in a Disney cartoon, he would animate it, and he would animate it correctly to the music that would be played. So if you watch Captain Hook in the original Peter Pan cartoon, he's playing the notes on the piano correctly. Oh, cool. If you watch the Aristocats, when the cats are singing... The song on the piano. They're playing the right notes that are going to be playing in the, okay. with the audio. And so it's a great little detail when somebody mm-hmm. has that level of skill and they bring it to mm-hmm. the craft. Well, that's what they did in Kid in, in the Slope as well. Kid yes. in the Slope, they traced over people who were actually playing the instruments. It's true. You mm-hmm. could actually tell that you were watching a trace job over somebody who was really know, who really knew what they were doing mm-hmm. with those instruments. It was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. All right, so that uh, that wraps it up for six episodes in. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and move on to recommendation of the week. All right, this week it's my turn, and I'm going to recommend an anime we've seen all the way through, 
Tonari no Sekiken, otherwise known in English as The Master of Killing Time. The English translation of Tonari no Sekikun is My Neighbor Sekikun. Mm-hmm. But or Sekikun next to me, you know. Sekikun yeah. Next to mm-hmm. me. Um and what this show is, is we have a adorable high school girl sitting next to this kid who is a master at wasting time in the back of his classroom. Mm-hmm. And the episodes are really short. They're only five minutes apiece, and there's only 21 of them, so it's mm-hmm. really easy to get through the whole series. Um, but our main character, the first episode, features him using all, using all these erasers, these school-quality uh, erasers to build, and other school ut- uh, utensils and items to build a domino set. Mm-hmm. on his desk and it's got ladders and things going up and down and it's just way too elaborate to really even believe it's mm-hmm. so out there it's hilarious. and for him to build it without getting caught by his teachers yes his teachers are clearly not paying attention in fact the only one who's even noticing is the girl mm-hmm. who's watching and she's over there panicking what are you doing what are you doing how did you get that firework in here are you seriously going to set that off in this classroom mm-hmm. because at the end of the in this first episode, the, the end of the domino run is a domino is going to hit the button that's go, supposed to set off a very large firework mm-hmm. container, and she's causing way more of a ruckus than he is mm-hmm. because of him, mm-hmm. and that's just a running gag throughout the show is that he keeps doing these very ridiculously interesting things. Mm-hmm. And it goes into her imagination of what he must be thinking about, which mm-hmm. creates these beautiful suits. Oh, uh, one of my favorite uh, episodes is the episode where he's playing shogi in chess. Yes. And we see, like, her imagination of all these dark knights fighting against samurai and things like that. And it's just crazy cool, you know? And then I think he combines some of the pieces here <laughs> and there. <laughs> uh, I, I think he ends up smashing one of the shogi pieces uh-huh. and then putting it on top of another shogi piece. So he's like, like the general usurped the king. Oh, that's Kevin. right. Mm-hmm. That, or, no, there's one episode that was purely shogi. There was another episode that was shogi versus chess. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorite episodes is when he played Go. Yeah, the Go episode was pretty amazing. <laughs> because Go, for those of you who don't know, is a a uh, very large version of tic-tac-toe. Go is the Japanese word for five, and you have two players, one with a bag of white stones, one with a bag of black stones, and the per- and you can place a stone anywhere on the board. And the person with the most five in a rows, after all the stones are played, wins. Well, that's not how he's playing it. He ends up, ha- he ends up animating a... Bunny ninja and a rabbit ninja punching each other out. And it's a black bunny and a white rabbit or something. uh, Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. something. It's a black bear and a white rabbit punching each other out in the the shapes that he's making with the go pieces on his board. Mm -hmm. That is not how you play go. Nope, it's not. But it's how he plays go. And that's the whole point. Okay. Well, awesome. Uh, I recommend that one too. Uh, Master of Killing Time or Tonari no Sekikun. Just fantastic show very very silly um okay uh and now that moves on to our creator shout out and that's me this week and this week a friend of mine uh brought this creator to my attention Uh, this creator is parker simmons 
Um, and I shared a tweet with you, I believe, at one point. Yes. Where uh, he drew the playable characters, and I think the villains, uh, some of the villains, of Final Fantasy VI in just a cute little animated walking Yes, yeah, so they, they, they were mm-hmm. a cycling walk animation of, mm-hmm. of 12 characters from Final Fantasy Well, VI. he's done it for Chrono Trigger, he's done it for Final Fantasy IX, he's done it for other games as well. He's just a very talented artist, and I want to go ahead and give him a shout-out. Um, we're, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. I we have the tweet, uh, the link to the tweet, so our our listeners can go ahead and just go straight to that. We'll put that on the site, okay. and then you can follow him at Parker Simmons, and then he's got a Tumblr as well. I wasn't able to find anything else that he had online. All right. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's my shout out to Parker Simmons. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening in this week. Uh, if you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like and give us a, a subscribe to support our channel. Uh, if you like what we do and want to support us more, uh, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Um, currently, we have pages on uh, Twitter, with, uh, at Whitaker Weekly, and uh, Facebook. And you can link both of those from our homepage at WhitakerWeekly.com. Mm-hmm. And if you have any shows that you'd like us to cover, uh, do a three-episode interview on, um, or even a creator you'd like us to give a shout-out to, go ahead and send us a tweet, and we'd be happy to watch that show. You or bet. Or shout out to a creator. You bet. Okay, well, this has been another episode. Uh, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Winter Weekly. Have a great week.